Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, where we explore the leading practices that have emerged in Vizient's PI collaboratives. I'm Laura Hoffman, Performance Improvement Director at Vizient and your program host. In this podcast, we'll discuss the emerging practices identified in Vizient's Improving Health Equity Collaborative. Food insecurity can be defined as a disruption in food intake because of a lack of money or other resources. Adults who are food insecure may be at increased risk of negative health outcomes, including obesity and chronic disease. And children with food insecurity may be at higher risk of obesity, developmental problems, and mental health issues. The team at Mainline Health have worked to address the issue of food insecurity for patients in emergency departments across their health system and through their participation in the Improving Health Equity Collaborative. Their plan seeks to improve screening processes for food insecurity and implement a food bag program. Joining me today to share their experiences are three participants of the collaborative from Mainline Health in Radnor, Pennsylvania, Shanalee Roberts, System Director Health Equity, Joanna Dixon, Lead Clinical Nurse Educator, and Joe McDonald, a Process Improvement Engineer. Shanalee, Joanna, and Joe, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here, Laura. Thank you for having us. Joanna, it's well known that food insecurity contributes to poorer patient outcomes. Can you tell us why Mainline Health decided to engage in screening for food insecurity in the ED? I would be happy to. So a few years back, we had medical students partner with our team in the emergency department to connect with our patients who were frequently visiting our department. And what they found was that many times they were actually coming to our department for social needs and not medical needs. So they were able to begin to connect them with resources in our community to meet some of those social needs and help to avoid those unnecessary medical visits to our department. Even when visits are for medical reasons, the emergency department is a wonderful place to capture needs surrounding social determinants of health and start making those community resource connections. So we at Mainline Health felt that screening for food insecurity had the greatest impact that we could do as a team to meet the needs of our community. And so, Joanna, after uncovering that there were patients screening at risk for food insecurity in the ED, what made you decide to launch a food bag program? So once we began screening in the first four months, we did find 530 patients screened positive for food insecurity. And our nurses just wanted to do more. They started into emergency nursing to help people, and it didn't feel good to them to be asking patients whether they were food insecure, find that they were indeed, and then have nothing to provide them as far as immediate resources. So in an effort to do more, we started coming up with the idea of a food bag program where we could provide those patients with immediate food resources as well as connections to the community for a long term. Shanalee, what are your thoughts on that? Mainline Health has long been committed to helping patients get better access to food and to meet their individual needs. And as Joanna has mentioned, we've been leveraging medical student volunteerism to help us identify who these patients are that are experiencing need and then connect them to community resources. One example of where Mainline Health has been doing this work is with our Deaver Wellness Farm. It's a half-acre farm located right on the grounds 
of our Lincoln All Medical Center campus, and it was founded in 2015. The fruits and vegetables that we grow each year from this farm is donated to patients during their doctor's visits at our hospital-based clinical practices. And during COVID, especially when we shifted from in-person visits to a telehealth model, we've been home delivering this same produce to patients on a biweekly basis. And all of this is at no cost or charge to our patients. At another one of our campuses, we've had a similar food bag distribution program model in place since about 2018. And here, patients who are discharged from the hospital receive a free bag of food. This model, the ED model, is a version of that longstanding program at Paoli Hospital. So as I mentioned, Mainline Health has been doing this work for quite some time, but although we are not in the food distribution or even the food delivery service, we recognize and acknowledge that food does have an impact on health, and we're trying to do what we can to better support our patients. We know that these processes like a food bag program can be complex and the process doesn't just happen overnight and by only a few people. So can you share with us who is involved in developing the food bag program and why was it essential to include each in the process? You're right, Laura. This program is only possible through a team of people who are truly passionate about helping others. And first, it started with our executive sponsorship, from senior leaders, that was really core to getting this program started. In our emergency department, our work group leaders were committed and supportive of this initiative, and that support and commitment really cascaded down and across other departments and different levels. Everyone played an important and significant role. And this is from our ED nursing staff who were helping to identify patients experiencing food insecurity and offering them resources like the food bag, to our food services department who assist with obtaining food items, assembling the bags, and even the on-site storage in our kitchen. Our community health and marketing teams were really helpful in designing the community-based brochures that were provided to patients and our community health worker and social work teams who help us to follow up with patients post-discharge to ensure that their food needs are met. There are two key partners who often are in the background of this process, and those were our development and philanthropic partners whose gracious and generous funding really helped support this program being launched across our four hospital emergency department campuses. Our IT department was instrumental in building the necessary templates and workflows into our EMR, or electronic medical record, to make all of this work. We needed our nurses to be able to identify it and then have a mechanism to communicate that on. For instance, we used required nursing documentation on the front end to help prompt and remind nurses to screen for food insecurity. We also used BPAs, our best practices advisories, on the back end to help remind nurses to offer patients in need a community resource and or a food bag. Lastly, I have to acknowledge the two people on this show, Joanna and Joe, who represent our nursing education and process improvement areas. And it would not have been possible to design, to implement, and educate on these processes, and even to make them sustainable without these two. Thanks for sharing that, Shauna Lee. We know that in that process improvement world, that sustainability to any program can be difficult, especially these complex ones. So, Joe, what are some of the key drivers of sustainability that you've incorporated into your program? 
That's a great question. First, just to summarize the process as it's already been stated, if you kind of imagine it moving left to right, is if the patient screens positive for food insecurity, our staff offers them a food bag, they receive their food bag, and then maybe additional resources added to their discharge paperwork, and then they're discharged to home. So our goal as a team was really to set up the systems behind that. If you picture Disney World, right? So all the rides, all the attractions, the characters, everywhere you look is kind of this immersive, magical experience that Disney World's producing for you. But in order to produce that for you, there's a lot of this other stuff that has to happen kind of going on in the background that Disney doesn't want you to see. Because if you were to see it, it would remove you from the experience. Stuff like staff movement, character dressing rooms, repair shops, supply or trash movement, stuff like that. Our job as a team was to work on that nitty gritty type of stuff, working on the behind the scenes things to allow that program to come across seamlessly to the patient and also to the staff in the ED. So we needed to answer questions like how much material are we going to need? Where are our supplies going to be stored? How do we address item shortages, especially in this world of supply chain disruptions nowadays? Who builds our food bags? who retrieves them when the patient wants them? How do we embed these tasks into kind of the hectic ED workflow? So once we had all those questions answered, then we had to ask ourselves, how do we make this not dependent on people in the process being heroes? And we mentioned this in the uh, Vizient Summit, was that we held our team to a pretty hard and fast litmus test, which was we kept asking, let's pick the one person in this process that we're most reliant on and ask ourselves, what would happen if that person left their position? So they were promoted or they retired or they left the organization for some other reason. And this actually happened to us at one hospital. And we were happy to see that our program carried on with minimal disruption once we kind of handed off to the new person. Standardization of tasks became really important. We didn't want to rely on one person kind of knowing based on memory how to do something. So we created standard work documents for each step in the process. And we actually physically posted those in the actual areas where the tasks were being done. It was just absolutely crucial at each campus to have an operational lead to take over after we implemented. This is a person that was empowered, but also accountable for the performance of the process day to day. We conceptually define this person as essentially whoever holds the funds. So whoever's managing the funding for the program would be the operational lead. At different campuses, it was a different person depending on their organizational structure. But most of the time, it was some manager in development or community health. So those are the kind of the five key drivers for sustainability in this complex process. So at this point, I'm dying to know, and I'm sure our listeners are, what's in the food bag and what happens once the patient receives the bag? The food bag contains two entrees, three snacks, and a few beverages. The beverages are shelf-stable milk and water bottles. It also includes a brochure of community food resources in the mainline health market and a feedback card. The purpose of the food bag is to supply one person two to three days worth of food. So it's not a long-term solution, as my partners here have mentioned. It's trying to solve that immediate hunger need and to bridge the gap until they're connected to longer-term food resources. We decided early on to focus on shelf-stable food while trying to be as nutritious as possible, but we decided not to make nutrition the primary driver of the food bag contents. And we had to remind ourselves during the design of this process what the problem we were trying to solve was it was not necessarily nutrition, it was an immediate hunger need was the problem we were trying to solve. So including things like perishable fruit, while it would be more nutritious and technically better for the patient to consume that more nutritious food, 
on our end, we realized it complicated our food services portion of the process to the point where it would really be unsustainable, especially in an ED environment. So we had to make those decisions up front. And what happens after a patient receives the food bag is that there's a follow-up calls from mainline health a social worker or a community health worker will reach out to the patient. They reach out to every patient who screens positive for food insecurity, regardless of whether they accepted a food bag or not. And they will endeavor to set them up with long-term resources, so food pantries in their area. And they'll also inquire about other social needs that might be impacting that patient's health. And finally, they can see in our EMR if a patient did go home with a food bag. So they'll ask, was it helpful for you? Do you have any recommendations or feedback on the contents of the food bag or how you were treated in the ED during your visit? Thank you, Joe. I appreciate all of that excellent information. Shauna Lee, perhaps you could describe for us what's been the impact that this program has had on your patients and staff? So Joe sort of alluded to our follow-up process after a patient is discharged with the food bag. We are calling patients and following up with them to make sure that the resources, whether it be the brochure or the resources provided on the discharge summary, that these resources were helpful. And so during some of these calls, we're hearing directly from patients about how the program has impacted them. And our patients are really grateful And they are expressing that during those follow-up calls. We had one patient say to our community health worker that they never expected a hospital to care for them like this by asking them about whether they had enough food. And that speaks volumes clearly across our four campuses. We're helping to meet the needs of patients across our system. And our staff are really eager to help. Some are even establishing local food pantries at their sites so that they can be involved in the immediate provision of that necessary support to patients who may be in need. So for me and my work in health equity, I'm really grateful for our staff's support and their willingness to be involved and for our patients' gratitude and appreciation for what we're doing through this program. Really, the goal is to use this program and leverage particularly our staff's momentum as a launching point for other initiatives to help us address additional social needs. It's clear that the success of this screening program and the food bag distribution program is a proven model that can be adopted and adapted in other settings. I'm thinking about primary care. We already talked about inpatient. And that's where we're headed now to identifying additional social needs across additional settings. Thank you, Shauna Lee. It sounds like the work you're doing at Mainline Health with food insecurity and the food bag program is really going to help impact your patients' in the future. Well, that's all the time we have today for this edition of Knowledge on the Go. Thank you to Shaunalee Roberts, Joanna Dixon, and Joe McDonald for sharing your story. And thanks to you for listening. Please join us for more Knowledge on the Go. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments at picollaboratives at vizientinc.com. From Vizient's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Laura Hoffman. Have a great day. 